We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everyone, what is up? Welcome to another solo edition of the Rotowire DFS show. We're going to cover tomorrow's six gamer. It's a big slate for the um, tomorrow's EPL DFS slate. Let's dig in. What is up, everyone? Thank you for joining. This is Jack Burkhart here. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Burkhart. I am your reigning uh, FSWA 2023 Soccer Writer of the Year. So massive shout out to me. Thank you all for joining us and thank you for the support. Um, DraftKings didn't release the pricing until after 5 p.m. today. I mean, pricing used to be out Thursday afternoon previously. And if it came out on Friday, it came out early in the morning. But the pricing keeps on coming out progressively late. And even if they post the slate, they don't post the pricing. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just not a priority over there. I totally, I mean, I get it from that sense, but it's very frustrating. So, you know, we'd love to have Jordan on. We'd love to have, you know, Adam and Ryan do a three-person show, especially to chew up a six-match slate like this. But, um, you know, we're going to do our best with what's given to us. So pricing came out 40 minutes ago. I did my best to get some first impressions. So maybe we can just go through this methodically. And as always, thank you for the support. You know, thank you for patronizing our content, even though it's a little bit difficult to make right now. Um, But yeah, let's dig in. It's a really exciting six-match slate. We have 12 teams. We can kind of think of this as a little bit of a prep for the 10-gamer at the end of the season, especially for those with uh, King of the Pitch tickets. And um, there's no, you know, huge Manchester City situation. There's no Arsenal as an outrageous favorite. Liverpool have a ton of injuries, so they're not huge favorites either. So it seems like we can go in a lot of different directions. And the first thing I noticed about the games that are up on our cheat sheet here is that we have a bunch of totals. Our lowest total is between Everton and West Ham, kind of two slow teams anyways, you know, 2.8 implied goal total. But everything else is above 3.2, which is crazy. And I think those have gone up since last since last night. So it feels a lot like a Champions League slate to some extent. So I think the two most popular games to target are going to be Tottenham um, against Crystal Palace. So Tottenham are pretty big favorites here. Crystal Palace have looked a little bit better under their new manager, but I still think they should be favorites in this spot. And uh, they have just short of Liverpool, the highest implied 
goal total. So both Tottenham and Liverpool sitting at like 2.1. So them and Liverpool are going to look very good. As we'll see when we look at lineups, Liverpool are going to be suffering for some injuries. And then we have some other good matchups. Newcastle are in a favorable home matchup against Wolves. That's pretty good for Newcastle players. Everton have been are playing at home against West Ham. I know Everton aren't this great um, DFS team, but West Ham are kind of even worse. So I kind of like some Everton players at, in this spot at certain prices. Particularly, I think they make some things work in cash games. Um, we have Chelsea away to Brentford as slight favorites. And then we have Fulham at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. Fulham are surprisingly slightly favored here. Fulham have been playing quite well, and I think Brighton also are dealing with some injuries. I'll go over the lineups quick, but you should watch Adam Zadroik's lineup show. He does his best to chew through all the lineups. And this is kind of a news slate. There's a lot of question marks, and we're not sure about how a lot of the teams are going to look. So just to go through it quickly, again, you should watch all of Adam's video. For Tottenham, the big thing is that we're not projecting Richarlison in, and that's because the manager, Ange Postacoglu, he announced that he's out. So we're expecting Timo Werner or Brennan Johnson to start on the wing as a result. That's going to mean there's really no big man in there for Tottenham, so there's probably going to be less crosses. Um, but otherwise, we'll see if we get Ben Davies at left back. Otherwise, we'd expect Destiny Dogi. And then we're seeing this uh, back three look from Crystal Palace. We have Adam Morton taking most of the set pieces, but we shouldn't see any surprises here. Maybe Eberechi as he starts, but I don't think that's a huge DFS consideration um, with Crystal Palace being underdogs, maybe in tournaments, but probably not in optimal type of constructions. And then we're looking at Liverpool, who have been really struggling with injuries. I think they had to play two of the teenagers in the FA Cup fixture midweek. So we really don't quite know what to expect. So we're expecting Robertson to start, even though he's questionable. And we are expecting Darwin Nunez to start. Let me take a look at this blurb really quickly. Yeah, Darwin was training on Thursday. So that's a good sign for him. So we're expecting uh, Darwin, Luis Diaz, and Cody Gakpo as forwards. We're having to move um, Harvey Elliott into midfield. So he's been playing as a forward a little bit lately, but if it's this lineup, we should expect him to be slightly less attacking. So that means we should maybe dock him a few points that we might project because he's been scoring a lot of points as a forward recently. And then we might move Joe Gomez up into the midfield, although he'll probably be a more defensive midfielder and McAllister and Elliott will be a little bit more forward facing. So I don't know, you know, Joe Gomez, I think he's a bit cheap, like 3,800 defender eligible. I don't know if this is a great DFS spot for him. I mean, it's a good spot for Liverpool as a whole. If you need a punt, why not? But um yeah that's all i have there we're still projecting taa out i'm expecting robertson will take most of the set pieces for liverpool maybe harvey elliott's chips in and maybe McAllister chips in a little bit but moving forward i think we're there's not too much new news concerning uh, newcastle united we still have callum wilson out wolves have been rolling out this lineup for a few weeks now they're playing all right they beat my tottenham hotspur last week at uh, two weeks ago actually which was very frustrating and then we have a mostly expected 11 from Fulham. Brighton have been dealing with a lot of injuries as well. So right now we have them projecting to play a back three. I think that's just a, you know up to fitness because more of their fit senior players are center backs. And uh, interesting thing, we're projecting Jacob Motor might be in. Um, otherwise, not too many surprises there. It just looks like their attack has been quite weakened lately. So that might be going into the line why Fulham might be slightly favored at home. Um yeah, nothing too crazy. I think on the West Ham, this is West Ham's preferred lineup. West Ham look a lot better with Lucas Paqueta, so that's something worth considering. And I think this has been a typical lineup for Everton as well. And I don't think there's any new news on some of these Chelsea guys. They continue to have a really long injury list, but otherwise those lineups, uh, they look as is. So let's dig into things from maybe a DFS point of view and start talking about the forward position. I'm going to refresh the cheat sheet for a moment and pause myself to see if salaries are in. So the cheat sheet updates every hour, so we don't quite have salaries yet, and we don't quite have positions yet. 
So that is not too terribly ideal. Let's see what we can do here about that. So maybe I can, well, you know, we know who's forwards anyway, and there's usually they're usually more expensive. So let's just sort by floor, and we can kind of just go through and talk about some of the best plays. So just thinking about the forward position as a whole, it's not the strongest position, even though it's a six-match slate. I think there's some interesting options, but you know, no one, not as many players are screaming as like huge values, at least to me, popping off the board. So some names that might be in consideration for cash games at the forward position. Pascal Gross is always a great option, right? He's been crushing on the floor basis from open play. You know, he was much maligned, you know, probably a year ago and months going forward and even early in the season because, you know, he was playing right back sometimes and he was listed as a defensive midfielder. We're like, how can you pay 10K for Pascal Gross when he has this type of role? But really, he has a lot of freedom in this role. And I think he might have a little bit more incentive to be more of a creative threat with so many of the attacking players on Brighton injured. At 9,900, he's a little bit expensive, especially as a slight underdog, but he'll probably play 90 minutes. He'll probably play... Um, so yeah, probably play 90 minutes. He'll probably take penalties because I think Jao Pedro is still out and he's taken monopoly of set pieces. So he projects pretty well. I'm working on making my own internal projections and while they're not perfect yet, he's not a surprise. He's projecting really well and he still projects as a decent value at 9,900. So I definitely think you can look to Pascal Gross in cash games. Oh, you see the salary becomes a little bit tight. Um, a couple other names that might make sense for cash games... Dwight McNeil has been splitting set pieces for Everton. He and James Garner split. And West Ham soak up a ton of pressure. So I see Stajoto is in the chat. He mentions Dwight McNeil. I think Dwight McNeil looks like a great play at 7,100. I think um, I'm probably more likely to play Dwight McNeil than Pascal Gross. I'd like to try to find a way to play both. But as we'll see, that kind of resorts to some punting in some um, spots in our lineups. But I think Dwight McNeil, this is going to be a great matchup. I mean, West Ham concede a ton of fantasy points, like I said before. West Ham do look a little bit better with Paqueta, but I think their preference is to play on the counter. And that they'll be playing on the road at Everton. Um, I don't know. I'm just hoping that Everton are slightly more attacking. But, you know, we also know that Everton are quite capable of laying eggs. So maybe this just isn't a very fantasy-friendly um, fantasy opportunity as it is. Um, I mean, outside of that, for cash game options there's really like there's not too much sticking out to me as far as like players that take set pieces i mean you can just look through these li the list of names here who's forward eligible Eze is going to be too expensive so if i look at Eze's price what is Eze price at? i'm going to need to look it up into the DraftKings lineup tab i think Eze is priced at like 8700 yeah he's going to be too expensive as an underdog and then working through we're not seeing many forward eligible players that really you know carry much of a floor so if we keep on scrolling down and down and down and down and down you see morgan gibbs white but playing as a huge underdog that's not a great option uh, maybe, I don't know. I shouldn't say that's not a great option. He scored a goal in the previous week, but on a six match slate, I'm not necessarily looking to play underdog players. So how much is Gibbs white? Yeah. At 6,800, I think that's a name that you can go to, but not necessarily a first name in type of option for me. If I like the other spots and to fill the second forward, I need, I need Morgan Gibbs white. Maybe I can settle on that, especially against a weakened Liverpool side, you know, depending on how Liverpool look, maybe you can talk yourself into Gibbs white. So Joe's shouting out Sterling at 6,400. That's a reasonable option, I think, especially in tournaments. Some of these Chelsea guys do look rather cheap. Um, let's just keep on scrolling through the forward position. 
my apologies, I'm scrolling through multiple screens right here. Um, Jared Bowen has received a price increase at 8,500 after going nuclear in that um, Monday showdown slate. So you'll be paying up for his ceiling. He's a little too cheap two weeks ago, but again, not in cash games. I think Youngman's son at 8,400, he looks like a reasonable option as well. And Ivan Tony at 8,100, he actually looks, he's a player who has a floor. And I think Brentford might be able to trouble Chelsea a little bit, especially because Brentford are at home and Chelsea have been a team that's shown that they can be troubled. But um, that's, I don't know, I feel like Son and Ivan Tony are both tournament names only. So as we're looking through these names, it's a little bit tough. I mean, Anthony Gordon's a decent option at 7,300. He has a little bit of a floor, but he doesn't quite have, um, you know, he doesn't quite have the floor that like a Dwight McNeil character necessarily has. So I think he's a reasonable option. I think Anthony Gordon's a pretty good play at 7,300. But again, not someone I'm looking to totally prioritize. In scrolling through, Simon Adingra starts for Brighton and Hove Albion. Okay, that's a reasonable option. Brennan Johnson, I mean, again, these just don't really feel like cash game options. So the only two set-piece option players are a little bit expensive. Um, yeah, so that's looking at the expensive range. So let's take a look at the chat here. Sajoto is saying, if the slate looks like a CL slate, would you play forwards with floor or with high goal-scoring chances? Let's take a look at what the cheat sheet thinks about everyone's goal scoring odds if we scroll up. I'm inclined to agree with you, Sajoto, because the you know, you want to have goal upside, especially in a slate that projects to have a lot of goals, but no one really stands out for great goal scoring odds, right? Like Youngman's son is even money to score a goal. I don't know, that's a little bit tricky. So I'm you kind of want to go for goal upside, but it's tough to find like cheap goal upside, right? Sun is 8,400. You're paying 1,300 more than Dwight McNeil. Maybe that's a way to go in tournaments and maybe you should be looking for that. But in cash, I still think that the set piece equity still is quite good from Gross and McNeil. Um, but I don't know. It's a tricky spot. Again, it feels like everyone everyone who's kind of likely to score a goal is priced at 8,000. So you're paying for that upside. And we, normally when I'm thinking about Champions League, I'm thinking about players who can score a brace. So I don't think it's particular. I mean, anyone, there's probably going to be a player who scores a brace on this slate. But do I have a good confidence about who that person is? I'm not so sure. So I think that's a good instinct to have, Sajoto. Thinking about cash games, I think I'm kind of leaning towards maybe playing some set piece takers who I think have like 10, 12 point floors and then daring the field to run me down. And just hopefully you know, there's not too many chalky goal scorers that are capable of running me down. And we have another option here. So um, love the streams. You can circle back on this, but any advice on contest selection for soccer? Options a lot less than other sports. Any low dollar tourneys or any contests you like usually? Oh, I'm happy to do this, Jalen. So I don't, I don't like play the expensive GPP or anything like that. So my action mostly focuses on the uh, you know, I can play all the low stakes, double ups and cash games. I don't even think you necessarily want to prioritize those. But if you're a person who likes to play five lineups today, uh, I think tomorrow there's a four dollar contest where you can put in 15 lineup or you can put in 15 lineups max. I think there's two hundred fifty dollars in first place. And I think there's a really big one dollar GPP if you want to with like three thousand entries with two hundred fifty dollars up top. If you kind of want to mess around with making 250 lineups. So I like those contests. You can never go wrong playing the quarter arcade if you like to make a lot of contests. Otherwise, I think you should be looking at the single entry offerings, especially lineups that don't show up on the tournament tab in the DraftKings lobby. So sometimes this like $12 or $9 single entry, it doesn't show up as a tournament because it's not big enough. 
But I mean, those are usually interesting contests as well. And a lot of players will just deposit their cash game lineup. So if you feel like you have a contrarian angle, you're more likely to get paid off. On the other side, if you don't play the chalk and the chalk crushes, you'll probably finish near last place. But I like those single entry contests. I really like the $12 and the $9 and the $5. I've been trying to play the 44 lately. I think that's a pretty good contest with about 140 people. So it just depends on what you mean by low dollar. Um, if you're talking very low, I like the 4 and $5. If you're looking up a little bit, the 12 even the 44 if you just want to play like one lineup for you know a little less than 50 bucks a week. I think that's a perfectly fine way to go. And if you're grinding the soccer lobby, you can pick up tickets to, you know, bigger GPPs along the way, which is something I like to do. I get a lot of king of the pitch tickets, just kind of grinding these uh, satellites and like Liga MX lobby. So that's one way that you can afford to play a slightly bigger contest as well, Jalen. But yeah, happy to chat about this. And we can always chat about this type of stuff in, uh, in our uh, Discord. So rotowire.com backslash chat if you want to some more. But let's keep on digging into forwards and uh, yeah, let's keep this concise. We're at 15 minutes. If we keep on scrolling down, um, some of these Chelsea options are quite cheap. So I think in tournaments like a Raheem Sterling or a Nicholas Jackson, Nicholas Jackson, only 5,800. Those guys are sub risks. But I mean, if you're looking for goals and if you're taking Sajoto's point of view that, you know, you want to rack up goals on this type of slate, I think that's a great place to look. I mean, depending on who starts, Miguel Almiron, 5,400. He's been really frustrating lately, but we know that he's a player with a ceiling. Um, who else did I want to mention? Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think I was DMing Ryan a month ago, and I'm like, Dominic Calvert-Lewin stinks. Tell me not to play him. At 4,900, I'm a little bit tempted. <laughs> um, he frees up some salary if you want to use that in some spots. So he's a cheap option. Um, Odson Edward at 5,100. He is an inexpensive option. Um, and I think he actually has decent goal scoring odds, even against Tottenham. So if I search him in the cheat sheet, yeah, plus 250. So if you want to play a lineup with some Tottenham players and include Oates and Edward as a cheap runback at 5,100, runback's not something that I necessarily want to prioritize. But if it's cheap and it makes sense and allows me to play a lot of good players around it, I think that is something that's worth targeting. So good goal scoring odds. It's a good game environment for Tottenham. I think that's the type of correlation that might make sense in tournaments. But yeah, I think that's my main take on forward. I'm going to refresh the cheat sheet again so I can hopefully have a shot at filtering positions. Ah, no dice yet. You'll be able to do this in an hour at least. But um, yeah, am I missing anyone at forward? Um, I guess you can just use the chat if you want to shout out any other forwards, but I think I covered a lot. It's kind of just maybe try to scramble to find some ceilings that you like, a couple floor options, and you're kind of paying up for them a little bit. But yeah, let's dig into the midfield position now. And I think one name that everyone is going to be looking to will be James Madison. So Spurs are the biggest favorites of the slate. Pedro Porro is still going to be out for a couple of weeks. And so that means I think we can project James Madison to take most, if not all, of Tottenham's set pieces. Now, my first instinct was to just click him in, and I, I think I will do that. But with few places to... My, my issue is, is that forward is a little bit difficult. There's not a lot of great plays at the forward position, and Madison and Gross are both kind of expensive. So I think there might be some lineup constructions where you can't necessarily play both of them. And you might have to decide, well, how am I going to choose who to fade? Maybe one point of view is maybe I can lean on a cheap goal, you know, from an Edward or a Dominic Calvert-Lewin and play like McNeil. And that'll allow you to play Madison and spend up at defender and things like that. But there are a lot of decent defender plays, especially in the mid-range, depending on how things look before lock. 
Now, Madison, to his credit, he has not been getting subbed. I was going to look. I think there. I, was, I had a couple games in mind where he was subbed at the 75-minute mark. But yeah, taking most of the set pieces, I really don't want to fade that role in cash games. Um, yeah, I think he is taking just about everything. It looks like Los Celso took one. Kulusevsky took one. But that can often be when uh, Tottenham are chasing a game. Like if Tottenham are rushing and need a goal, then Deki is definitely more likely to take some set pieces. So. Um, I think in a normal game script, James Madison will be taking most of the set pieces. So at 9,100, he's going to be kind of like one of the central chalky players at midfield. So I'll pivot back over to the cheat sheet. Um, but who else can we look to at midfield? Well, there are some forward options, but if you keep scrolling down to midfield only, you have Wolves players. Pedro Neto and uh, Pablo Sarabia. I heard an announcer say Sarabia, so I feel like I'm just going to be stuck saying it. They've both been awesome lately, and they've both been crushing. Wolves have been doing really well on the counter. At 7,600 to 8,200, maybe if you want to throw one of them as a one-off in a tournament lineup, they won't be particularly popular. They do have a floor, and if they score a goal, they can hit. They can exceed the 20-point 20, 20 threshold. But that's not a name that I would necessarily be prioritizing at the midfield spot. Scrolling down some more, I will pass on James Ward-Prowse, I think, at 7,300. And then you can laugh at me in Discord when he scores a penalty and hits like a 15-point floor to pair with that. Cole Palmer is a decent option at 7,100. The Chelsea set pieces are just a total revolving door. It's just difficult for me to find the salary if I'm spending up twice. So you can maybe afford like a Cole Palmer in a midfield spot or like a Serbia in a midfield spot. That's going to require spending down at a forward slot if you want to you know, play them or you have to not play Madison. You have Mohamed Kudus, uh, Kulusevsky. Kulusevsky is a bit of a frustrating player as a Tottenham guy. He kind of feels like a one-move guy cutting inside and shooting. Uh, maybe he gets a goal, but I don't know. He's not going to cross too much. There's no big target man on Tottenham, so I'm less interested. One name that might stick out who's had good numbers is uh, Harvey Elliott. You'll notice on the cheat sheet that he's taken some set pieces. I just want to say a word of caution. Some of his floor has come from set pieces, but there's a lot of risk in Harvey Elliott at 6,800. If there are more attacking players on the bench, well, that means Harvey Elliott is more likely to be substituted. And so you're going to want to look at that. Like, is Dominic Sobosly going to be on the bench and make a 20-minute cameo? We've seen Harvey Elliott when there's a loaded Liverpool bench come off at the 60-minute mark. So that's one thing worth noticing. Another thing is maybe some of these floor games have come because he's been taking some set pieces. But I think with Robertson in the lineup, he's less likely to take set pieces. Maybe he takes a few. It depends on what side. But I don't expect that to be a big part of his role. So with some fragility... Maybe you can think about Harvey Elliott as a cash game option at midfield. But again, if he's going to be a central midfielder with three more attacking players in front of him, I'm just not so sure that's the safest option. So great click in GPPs, I think, but not a priority for me in cash games. Um, who else can we look to? Andreas Pereira seems to always get there with floor, but he got subbed off early recently. So let me take a look at his game logs. Yeah, subbed off recently. Last three games, 85, 75, 68. So that worries me with Andreas. Uh, you know, in a toss-up matchup, maybe not a priority, but, you know, reasonable option. Um, keep on going down. Yeah, I think the mid-range in midfield is actually super interesting. So one thing that I'm thinking about as I go through here, like we got Connor Gallagher at 6,000. He might take a couple set pieces. He's been really good. Jack Harrison, maybe in tournaments, that looks like an interesting name. James Garner take at 5,400, splitting some set pieces. 
So I think one thing looking at a cash game construction, if you want to play like Madison, McNeil, and Gross, you're going to be omitting a player from this range. And that might be some serious downside. So if you're looking to not play Gross, maybe that give, maybe the trade-off that you get is that you get to play someone like a James Garner in a second midfield spot, and you get to upgrade at a goalkeeper position. That type of trade-off is, I think, something interesting to think about at least. Who else do we have at midfield? My boy Papesar, he's awesome, but 4,800, not just a, a good player, but maybe not on our DFS radar necessarily. Um, scrolling down in the 4K range, I'm seeing some tournament options that look interesting. So Facundo Buonanote, um, he's you know shown that he's capable of a goal. He often gets subbed off, but you know we can take a more careful look and take a look at Brighton's lineup and bench at 4,600 against Fulham, and that total is still pretty healthy. What do we have there? The Fulham total, yeah, a goal and a half. That might be a reasonable option to look like look at. Decent salary relief right there. So that's worth writing down. Harry Wilson, if he starts at 4,500, he might take a couple set pieces. He's an exciting player. Probably a sub-risk, though. And then who else can we look at if we keep on scrolling down? Uh, Will Hughes, no thank you. Moises Caicedo, he's been a brutal. He's a walking red card, it seems, looking at the old highlights. I think Frank Onyeka had a big floor game recently for Brentford, so that's worth thinking about. But I I mean, I probably would just let the floor game be an outlier. Um, Wataru Endo, he might start if he's fit. He might start over Joe Gomez at 3,600. If he's fit to start, hopefully go 70 minutes. I don't quite know the nature of his injury. What do we have on Endo? So they didn't... Maybe that he maybe he trained on Friday. He's going to get subbed off early. It seems like so that might be a little bit too uh, gigabrained. And if you keep on going down, I think at thirty four hundred we have um, Jakob Motor. Um, I think he started midweek in the FA Cup. Let me pull up the news blurb on Motor. Let's see what the cheat sheet has to say about that. So if I switch over to Motor, I'm just looking for some punt midfielders that might make this construction work. Yeah, he played um, 60 minutes midweek against Wolves. So at 3,400, maybe a player who enables you to jam some of the studs and play 70 minutes. Right now, a team that possesses the ball a lot, so maybe he creates a couple chances. I mean, back before he suffered a lot of injuries, he was a pretty industrious player, I think. You know, a couple crosses, a few shots a game, had really good numbers in the Europa League. I mean, that's an interesting option at 3,400. You're just kind of looking for a salary relief to enable... Um, more expensive pieces in the rest of your lineup. And I think, um, oh yeah, um, Amadou Onana at 3,400. He's a player who's been quite good recently as well. If I pull up my uh, projection source, I mean, more of a central midfield type, but, you know, someone who's averaging about, you know, over the last 10 games, six floor points, I would definitely take six floor points at 3,400 from Onana. And I think he's been able to, you know, we've seen that he's been able to score a goal or two as well. So someone who, even though he's a more defensive midfielder, he's shown that he can make runs into the boxes and perhaps bail you out. If you need a punt at midfield, uh, you know, I don't necessarily mind that. But yeah, that's what midfield is looking like. I mean, some definitely like decent options in the mid-range, but nothing screaming off the page. If you play Madison, you're probably not going to be able to afford many of the mid-range options unless you fade you know unless you pay down at one of the forward positions so that's maybe one of the trade-offs that you're looking at all right i think we can dive in to defender i'm gonna update the cheat sheet one more time ah, no positions that's okay i think defender is actually pretty straightforward because 
some of the best floor options on the entire slate are defender eligible players. So if we're looking, we have guys like, so, I mean, Adam Wharton's had a huge floor in limited appearances. He's a more defensive midfielder and he's been taking all of crystal palaces set pieces. I think he's 5,600, probably too expensive, but he's a defender who's flashed a big floor recently. I think Connor Bradley has really, has looked really good from a floor perspective recently, but I think that might be more being because of one really strong matchup. So if I switch over to Connor Bradley, let's see how he's been doing lately. Yeah. I mean, Somewhat insane floor, so that's draft, so that's a fan duel right there. Yeah, it's, you know, ten points in ten fantasy points in sixty-eight minutes, seven points in eighty-three, a goal and two assists and assist. So he's a player that seems like he could get uh, ten floor points as well at defender. So those guys aren't even in my dummy cash lineup, and they look quite uh, and they look quite good. You know, Wharton at fifty-five hundred, and then um, it's Connor Bradley. Oh, he's a midfield eligible player anyway. It's 7,800. Yeah, okay, we're not playing Connor Bradley at that price. Disregard that comment entirely. But just looking at the names, this is a really good spot for Newcastle and Trippier. He's still taking just about every single one of Newcastle's set pieces. He's 6,600. I think he's a shoe in in cash games. And then Andrew Robertson. Um, he's going to take most of Liverpool's set pieces. I think he is priced at just 5,600. I mean, taking half of Liverpool set pieces against Nottingham Forest. I mean, I feel like the first two names I want to click, I'd rather play Trippier and Robertson than those similarly priced midfielders. They're just in better matchups and they have better roles and I think more secure floors. Those those two feel like a shoe-in. So I feel like those are the table stakes, you know, guys that are going to be 90% above. Yeah, thanks, G. Bradley is uh, mid well, he is mid. Well, he's not mid, but he's M eligible, I should say. Um, yeah, those two seem like awesome options. And again, I mean, maybe if you're playing a lineup with Tottenham players, you can look to Adam Wharton. He's a little bit expensive at 5,500, especially for an underdog. I wouldn't make that a priority. You don't need to make sacrifices to get big underdogs in on a slate when there's a lot of favorites who have a lot of favorable goal totals to look towards. I mean, who else looks interesting at the defender position, though? Um, Simikas might start at 6,500, so that's something to be on the lookout for. He would be more expensive than Robertson, but and it's probably a sub-risk, so you'd want to look at the bench. But he's a player who has a big floor, who can take set pieces. Purvis is stooping on if he plays as a wingback. I haven't checked what it looks like for a stooping on in terms of free kicks. So let's take a look at what's going on with Brighton here. Yeah, Stupinon took a corner in 30 minutes in. So if a Stupinon starts, it's a good thing to keep in mind that he might take some corners over Pascal Gross. At 5,700, I mean, he scored an absolute screamer against Tottenham, I think, back in December. So, you know, we know he's a frustrating player, but we also know what he's capable of when things are going really well. Sajoto is looking at Roberts at uh, Anthony Robinson. Yeah, at 4,900. Anthony Robinson seems to always get it done. I don't mind that suggestion whatsoever. And then looking at West Ham's Emerson. There are two Emersons on this slate. Yeah, at 4,500, I think Emerson scored a goal recently. Sajoto, I am just a card-carrying West Ham hater, so I can't bring myself to Emerson. But if you played him in the showdown on Monday, that I think he was a necessary piece for taking down you know, any serious prizes in GPP. So he's a good player. And if he gets into some good positions, you know, he's a player who can supply an assist or a goal. So at 4,500, those are the types of guys that we want to play at defender on DraftKings. Yeah. So with these strong defenders, I just don't really think I want to like 
spend down at a defender position whatsoever. And right now I have a defender in my utility. The Chelsea fullbacks are a pretty good deal. So Ben Chilwell, 4,500, should take a few set pieces. I'll want to check at what his minutes looked like recently. I haven't time, had time to do that. But if it looks like, you know, he got a little bit of a break in FA Cup or a total break, I feel better that he plays like 80 minutes and 45 and some set pieces at 4,500 for Chilwell. That sounds pretty reasonable to me, although I'm just not sure he's the same player as he was pre-injury under an entirely different regime. Um, I see sharp players play Melo Gusso all the time at 4,200. I mean, sometimes he scores like negative one, but there are games where he's just like crushing. He's getting a bunch of tackles, one whipping in a few crosses, creating chances. So I think that's a great GPP name to click. Um, he's not going to be too overowned because I think a lot of people are just going to come in with Trippier and Robertson preloaded and build lineups around that. And I think he's a player who flashes some ceiling. So Melo Gusto is a, is a solid option. But yeah, I mean, why spend down at Defender? I just mentioned a ton of viable names who are 4,000 and above. You know, even if your punt center back scores a goal, it's likely that, you know, three of these guys still outscore them. So you need quite a lot to work if you spend down. But if you still really just do need that last spend down option, a couple of things that I noticed, Ibrahim Akanate is 2,900. You're just hoping for a clean sheet there. I don't even think he's going to get targeted on set pieces necessarily. But um, there are a couple of punt favorites that are available if you need that sort of salary relief. All right, and then let's bring it home. We've been talking for a half hour here. I'm getting thirsty and hungry. But looking at goalkeeper, right now the lineups I want to make for cash games, I've been scrolling all the way down and playing the cheapest goalkeeper. Johnstone at 3,700. It doesn't seem so bad. Again, if we take a look at the cheat sheet, often these 3,700 goalkeepers are like playing against City when they're 85% to win. This is a Tottenham team who's 63% to win. And Crystal Palace are, you know, 16% to win themselves. So I think 3,700 is just like a little bit cheap, maybe on a different slate. Uh, Johnstone would be priced at like 3,900 or 4,000. I know these things maybe don't make a big difference, but if you're playing every weekend, you kind of see these sorts of things. I don't know. I just feel fine if I have to do it to play Johnstone and just hope that he doesn't like get negative seven points or something like that. I'll happily take my six points from him because it'll mean that I got the other pieces that I wanted in my lineup. So if you want to look to him, I think you could look to Sells if you prefer to play a goalkeeper at home. I mean, I've looked at the numbers. I don't think that really matters, but I mean, go ahead. You know, I don't think you'll be playing Liverpool forwards necessarily in cash games. So I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, just playing a cheap goalkeeper, it seems to make plenty of sense. You know, I'd rather go all the way down than like middle it and be like, ah, well, I'm going to play Areola for 4,300. I don't know. I think I'd just rather spend, if the money's there, then sure. And if it makes sense in your tournament lineup, sure. But I'll probably, I'll, I'm from the lineup I'm looking at and probably one that I've described, if you like go through this and listen to me at 2x again, um, I'm going to be needing to spend all the way down. And um, I don't know. It's goalkeeper. If you want to spend up, um, all the power to you. Go ahead. You know, no one's making you pay up for Pascal Gross and James Madison and Dwight McNeil in the same lineup. Maybe you can find some cheaper goals, and then you're just more likely to find a goalkeeper who got a win. That said, I am not too enthused about the most expensive goalkeeper options. I mean, top, you have Vicario priced at 5,800 or 5,900, but only 34% clean sheet odds. It sounds like a recipe for tilt if you... Um, prioritize spending up at goalkeeper in cash games. I mean, you're just getting 20% less clean sheet odds than usual and not even particularly good win odds. So 
I think when you flip double ups, you're going to see cheap goalkeepers are probably going to be the most popular option, unless you're Saramac, who always clicks the most expensive option somehow. But yeah, that's my main takeaway. I think um, there's plenty of places to look. Some of these Chelsea guys are underpriced. Some of these Everton guys seem interesting. I mean, the Brighton and Fulham options. I think I mentioned a lot of cheap options, especially at midfield, that we can look towards. There's a few expensive floor players that you can sort of make as pillars of your lineup and you know throw some darts around everywhere else, especially if you build multiple lineups. But yeah, that's been 35 minutes. Um, thank you all for joining. Thank you for everyone in the chat who came here to listen live. We appreciate you very much. Um, if you enjoyed this uh, show, you should give us a thumbs up, you know, maybe leave a comment on the YouTube. You can comment on our podcast feed and give us a five-star review. The best way to support the show is to become a Rotowire subscriber if you are not already. And uh, please join us in Discord, rotowire.com backslash chat. And then if you want the 48-hour free soccer trial, rotowire.com backslash soccer trial. All right, everybody. Good luck tomorrow. Um, if I don't win the King of the Pitch ticket in the $25 contest, uh, I hope it's you. And I will see you in Discord. Adios. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.